Telling my but it's always me that starts it. Well, I thought I'd mix things up a little bit. It's All the 16th right, sure. episode, and when you get to the, the difficult 16th episode, it's time to try a few new things. But anyway, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to expand off into our ambient pop moments later in the, uh, uh, the podcast. I'm sure. My name's Ewan Grant. Welcome to Des Not Punk, <laughs> episode, six, episode 16. Um, these seem to come along like London buses. We didn't do one for about a month, and now we've done about three in about a week. So oh, no. you know, yeah. it's uh, it you know we're obviously enjoying it. We're obviously enjoying the feedback we're getting from it as well. And uh, you know, we found that uh, a lot of things interesting in doing this. The fact that you know getting great guests on has really helped the podcast, really spread the word. We've got another great guest coming up tonight, which will be. Uh, Announced shortly, and uh, you know, and going to gigs, you know, a great gig on Friday night with the exploited and discharge. You know, I, I've got to say, and you might think that's wrong for a Scotsman to say, but uh, I preferred discharge uh, over the exploited. Um, I think, uh, as one of the comments one of our friends mentioned this morning, discharge still sounded like a bomb going off in your living room, and it, it fucking did, it was <laughs> great. And for a for a fifty nine year old bloke to be standing there going, "Wow, yes, this is exciting." This and, and you know, for a band that you know grew, we grew up with in the eighties as well, you know, and they're still exciting. They've still got the energy. That was amazing. On socials, we've picked up a whole load of new followers across Instagram, TikTok. Well, is it called TikTok anymore? No, that's Twitter. Is it? Is it not called X? I'm not getting into it. No, we're so, not getting into that. Yeah. So socials, but we're across socials, and we've, we've picked up some interesting uh, new followers, uh, some interesting new bands as well. Um, a sh- quick shout-out to Your Mum. Not Your Mum, the band Your Mum. Yeah. Quick shout-out to uh, Smoking Gives You Big Tits. And a quick shout-out to Pete Bentham and the Dinner Ladies, nice. uh, who, who, who've all followed us you know, over the last uh, couple of days. And um, a couple of buff dimensions as well. Buff dimension to Wattie Bucking, who is, uh, I believe, it's his his birthday today, yeah. And a buff dimension to Lee Hegarty, who we've had on, Lee Hegarty from the Ruts DC, who we've had on the podcast previously. So happy birthday, Lee, and we will see you in Blackpool uh, at Rebellion. Happy birthday. In in less than two weeks. And um, the competition we ran last, last time, was pretty easy. Uh, it was a band I went to see in Edinburgh in the uh, sort of early eighties, and uh, who completely blew me away. Uh, the band was an American band called the Gun Club, and the picture that we posted up this week was by was Jeffrey Lee Pierce, hmm. who famously tried to steal my sheriff's badge off my leather jacket at that Gun Club gig. Well, I don't um, know if I'd call it famously, Ewan. Well, you know, to me, it was being well, a world of two people. <laughs> to me, to me, it was one of those things that stuck in my mind, you know, in the, the, the back in the, the realms of punk rock and all, all of that. And uh, 
But on to tonight. We, we shall waste no further time. Uh, I will let Stuart introduce our very special guest, who yeah. we are extremely excited to meet with. Yeah, so uh, thanks for waiting for us, special guest, to get through all of that nonsense. So I'm really pleased to welcome Dunstan Bruce to the podcast. Uh, great to have you along and uh, really appreciate you giving up some time to come and talk to us. Hi, Dunstan. Uh, that's all right. You have stopped me going to see the Barbie film tonight, actually. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, we've done well. Yeah, you can thank us <laughs> for that. <laughs> Are you really going to watch the Barbie film? Yeah, I got the offer to, yeah. 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 I'm going to go and see it. I was going to go you? and see it. But then my daughter talked me, talked me out of it. Yeah, right. my daughter went to see it the other day. And, uh, she sent me a picture. They're doing this great sort of marketing thing where they've got like a, a Barbie box that you can step in and have a picture taken. So you're the so if you do go and see the film, we'll be expecting you to email us that picture. Yeah, so we can so we can post it up on our social medias Absolutely. and use it use it as a competition. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't worry, somebody somebody's already put me head on Ken. That's right. right. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. So, um, okay, there's just so many things uh, we've sort of talked about before you came on that we wanted to talk to you about. We we're really trying to avoid the kind of really obvious sort of chumbawamba questions. You know, that I've, I've read a lot of interviews with you that you seem to have been asked an awful lot of times. So, you know, what we were keen to talk about was your, the film, um, I, I Get Knocked Down, which is, which was, I, I understand, was scheduled for release but was interrupted by covid uh yeah actually it wasn't scheduled for release we hadn't actually finished it right because we finished finished it in lockdown right we finished editing it in lockdown and and got a a finished version of it and uh uh and so locked up locked up weirdly lockdown sort of worked for us because it meant that uh editors became free yeah, uh, and so a friend of mine, Jim Scott, who's a brilliant uh, editor, uh, gave us some of his time to finish the, to finish the film during lockdown. So, do you want to give us a, do you want to give us a bit of a synopsis about what the film's about? Uh, yeah, yeah. So the film started off as uh, I, I'd I'd always wanted to make a film about what what could you possibly achieve if you were a a, a political band and you enter the mainstream. You know, can you make a difference? Can you change the world? Can you can you have any effect whatsoever? And th- those are the sort of things I wanted to uh, 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 to talk about um, in the film. And then I, uh, I I tried for a few years to get that off the ground, and I didn't do very well at uh, getting any money to start work on it. And so I met up with uh, uh, a woman called Sophie Robinson who's right, okay. a brilliant, brilliant director who's made uh, various films that are on Netflix and stuff like that. Though She's like an award-winning director. She knew absolutely nothing about Chumbawamba. All, she just knew the song. That's all she knew. Right. So I went to her with this idea, and she was completely intrigued by it. And so she helped me get the film off the ground. Cutting a long story short, we did a Kickstarter campaign, got a lot right. of money while filming, um, and then, and then what happened is we uh, the the nature because it took so long, the nature of the film changed over the years. So my initial idea uh, is still in there; it's part of the film. But uh, Sophie was like, "No, we've got to widen out, you know, the 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 idea of the film, and we've got to make it uh, so it's not just a film, uh, you know, about the history of Chumbawamba." Um, 
because uh, we've got to make it more inclusive for uh, people to understand the ideas within it. And um, uh, uh, so, so it spoke to people in a way that it wasn't just some sort of hagiography about, you know, Chumbawamba, which a lot so of... So it, 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 it will concentrate a lot on how politics and music combine or differ or, you know, in that sort of angle. Is that is that the sort yeah. of way you went? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. So it's about politics. Yeah, it's about politics and music and whether and whether you can actually make a difference. You know, when you get into the mainstream, because obviously, you know, a lot, a lot, of the a lot of the story for Chumbawamba is obviously that we signed to a major record label. Yeah, and and that caused all sorts of you know, um, you know, all sorts of trouble. You know, yeah, I remember, I remember yeah. that. I remember what Tyler did. Some, do you remember that band? What Tyler didn't they do some? Track. Yeah, Sean, who's in yeah, what Tyler? Sure. Yeah, he's in the film. Oh, yeah, right. Slagging us off. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's, no, but it's weird. It's weird because Sean's a mate. You know, he's a yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. he was re- he was really upset that we'd signed to a major label, and he and he did a a, a four track EP called it was called something like Barefaced Hypocrisy. Yeah, sells records, which yeah. was a joke on Chumbawamba's well, the, first album, the first album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pictures of starving children sell records. Yeah. Anyway, Wait, um, it's still one. Of, it's still one of the greatest album titles of all time. Listen, you know, it has yeah. to be said. <laughs> you know, uh, I sure, I sure, and I know having worked in the music industry for years. It's like, yeah, what a great title and things like <laughs> that. Re- you know, that really stand out. I said to sure, I didn't know whether I was going to ask this question earlier, but you know. I've got to get it over and done with now so that it doesn't clog up what we're going to talk about. A friend of mine asked me out tonight, uh, you know, and I said, oh, I can't do it. I'm, a, you know, I'm doing the podcast with Dunstan from Chumbawamba. And she's the Labour MP for acting. Her name is Rupa Huck. And she asked me to ask you the question about John Prescott. Oh, yeah. So this is coming from one of our listeners who is the Labour MP. John Prescott. What was the story? Okay. So, this is in the film, actually. This whole story is explained in the film, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Yeah. Um, so, we went, we went, we were invited to perform at the Brits in 1998 because we were nominated for Best Single of 1997. Um, and so, we initially tried to resist going to do it but then uh, but then we sort of got persuaded to do it because they said look you can do whatever you want we made this film this protest film there was there was shown whilst we were playing behind us but you don't really as it happens you don't really see it that much but um but then when we got there on the night um we saw that uh Prescott was there and uh Sherry Blair was there and it was around about that time because obviously New Labour got in in 97, in May 97. And mm. it was around about that time when people like Noel Gallagher were going to Downing Street and hobnobbing with Blair and all that. And there was all that sort of thing about New Labour being, being you know, the future. And um, and I, I remember that night of that election, you know, I, and we all sat up and, you know, we had a lot of fun watching all them mm-hmm. Tory MPs get kicked out. And yeah, um, yeah. people thought that things were going to change. But... We'd, we were involved in this Dockers strike that was taking place in Liverpool. Mm. And um, we'd taken a couple of Dockers with us to the Brits. So if we won, because we'd done a massive benefit in London for them just, just prior to the prior to the, uh, to the the Brits. And and so if, we, if we'd won, 
they were going to go up and, uh, and and get the award on our behalf. Um, Brilliant. Say whatever Brilliant. they wanted to say about the Docker stroke. When they saw that Prescott was there, they were like appalled because Prescott mm. had been part of that union that were on strike back he in the day. Seaman, wasn't he? He was a, a seaman. And I've seen yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'd gone, so they'd gone to him to try and resolve that dispute for him and basically he turned his back on them and didn't want anything to do with it because he, he was too, you know, he would have rocked the boat. Mm. Mm. He was just enjoying being deputy prime minister or whatever he was up to. I don't know. He was driving his Jaguars, probably. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And so, and so, so, so they were really pissed off that he was there. Yeah. And so, um, Alice and Danbert and Paul decided, you know, like we were like, right, what should we do something? And they were <laughs> like, well, oh, actually, in the in when we performed the song, we'd already we changed the words slightly and done this done this thing about New Labour sold out the Dockers, just like this, like they'll sell out the rest of us. Um, and we thought, all right, that's our protest for the night. So, mm. done. but then, but then, um, but then things got a little bit out of hand, and uh, you know, Danbert and Alice and Paul went over and all, and then Danbert got up on the got up on the table where Prescott was. Chucked a bottle, uh, a bucket of iced water over Prescott, and said, "This is for the Liverpool Dockers." Right. And then, Brilliant. then he got arrested. Uh, and then, uh, you know, and then it was all over the. The next day, it was all over the papers, obviously. Yeah. And uh, so it caused a real furore. And uh, he didn't get uh, Dambert didn't get charged or anything. They let him off. They uh, Prescott didn't want to press charges, but um, right, interesting. What was interesting, interesting after? What was actually interesting afterwards was that the uh, the left wing. Well, sorry, no, not the left wing. Uh, the uh, the more left leaning newspapers were more pissed off with us than the right wing press. Mm-hmm. Right, Prescott. So the Daily Mirror, in particular, were really pissed off. You got more abuse from them because of who it was. Yeah, yeah. They sent somebody to the hotel where we were staying that night after the Brits. And when we came out of the hotel, they had this young lad who came up and chucked a bucket of water over Dambert as we were leaving the hotel. <laughs> did they get a picture? Did they put it in the paper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on the front. Yeah, I think they had it on the front the next day. The, no. the, yeah, yeah. We few, you know, like it was, I mean, in retrospect, it's really funny that. And we, and we caught this lad. And he was just like some young inter, you know, you're like an intern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just some young lad who they'd sent to do this thing. Yeah. And he was terrified. He was absolutely terrified. And he was just like, I had to do it. I had no choice. They sent me here. Oh, the irony of the mirror and the sun phone hacking. Yeah, yeah. You know, their their moral position just oh, just has no credibility. But um, that's a great story. So you need to go back to your friend, Ewan and explain that she needs to be careful being in the Labour Party because they've got a terrible history of betraying everybody. Oh, I will. I will. Without, yeah. without, without, without it was a feel. total working class betrayal. And so yeah. afterwards, you know, like it pissed off. Oh, it obviously pissed off loads of people. It pissed off Billy Bragg in particular. Right. And he really, he, he said this thing about how Prescott had more right to be at the Brits than what we did or something. Okay. Oh, you're joking. Because no. I was just about to say, what right did John Prescott have to be at the Brits? I don't know. Ask Billy. Well, ask Billy Bragg. Well, there you go. <laughs> I, I remember all that, though. I mean, they were trying to sort of, I mean, it was Britpop, wasn't it? And, you know, it was all about new labour and everything was going to be amazing. And yeah, they were trying to sort of, it was all sort of 
and I suppose you'd call it culture washing now. You know, they were trying to appropriate music and pop stars and stuff to to underpin their new latest yeah. positioning, which of course has been blown apart now by their appalling behaviour. And I, I mean, I'll just, I mean, I voted for Blair. Not that I'm a big voting person, but like you, I thought, well, maybe there'll be some change. And then he went yeah. to war in Iraq. And well, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what happened, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, dreadful. So, well, that's good. Okay, so there you the, go. There's the story. Yeah, thanks for that, Dunson. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. I've got to say, Ewan, you can't say the sentence. I've got to get this over and done with, without sounding <laughs> like you're one of the proclaimers. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Right. Well, you know, I did walk 500 miles to get here <laughs> tonight. You know, so we'll, we'll stick on that one. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I can't get rid of this accent. <laughs> You know, you I'm stuck with that. I've, I've lived in London 30, 31 years now, and I've stuck with this bloody accent. But there you go. And I like the proclaimers. When we were deciding to we'll do a podcast, I, I did have to sort of think about it. I thought, is this guy going to hold me back? Are people going to be able to understand what the hell we're bloody talking about? <laughs> no, 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 no. No fucking way. <laughs> right. I love the Scottish accent. Yeah. Great. Great. We all love a Scottish accent. Everybody loves a Scottish accent. So, so, so desperately trying to bring it back to the film. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. So, so that's in the film, and so what I was going to ask you because um, you did you do an event down at Rockaway Park in Bristol? Uh, yeah, just the other day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah, that was fantastic. That was showing the film, wasn't it? Because I, 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 yeah, we did two screenings in one day. It was brilliant. Yeah. It's amazing that place. It's absolutely it's really incredible. Great. Yeah. It's yeah. Really, Mark's so I, lovely, isn't he? It's just the yeah. all are, but you know. It just it's yeah. it's it's inter- it's fascinating really. It's like um he set up he set up that place, you know, like over the years and it's become this co- complete hub of, yeah. that, uh, you know, of 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 creativity and activity. And it's just it's 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 just incredible in that in that you know, like um when when anarcho punk was at its height, everybody was obsessed with you know, crass all living at Dial House and that, yeah. that they were living collectively and they had this way of way of life that we were we were really uh influenced by. Mm. Again, this is in again, this is a thing, it's relevant because it's in the film, I guess, because mm. we've got we have got footage of those at the you know, the early the early eighties, you know, when we uh when we first moved into Southview House, which was our version of Dial House, you know, yeah. we, we right. We we basically, you know, like so for the first few years of Chumbawamba's uh existence, we would kind of wait to see what Crass did and then we'd do a sort of a northern version of what they were, you know, what they were up to. We were really heavily influenced by him up until about eighty four or something, I would have said, eighty four, eighty five, and then Well they broke we up then in our own direction. Yeah, and they, they broke up then as as well, mm. Crass. Yeah. But but that Rockaway Park, I think, is like is is far more I mean, it's just like massively inclusive and there's so much going on there it's i just find it really inspiring every time i go there i think it's incredible i talked to mark about it a, a few weeks ago actually i was there and um he was telling me about how he he always really sort of tried really hard to do his own thing you know because he was in the mob and they had his association with crass and yeah he's really sort of committed to trying to do his own thing and that brings me back to talking about chumbawamba and what you what you've done you know, which is I've always thought Chumbawamba really followed their own 
their own path. You said earlier on that you were you'd wait and see what Crass did, but then you did things that were really not like Crass. You know, you did folk, you know, English folk songs. You know, you you yeah. you did. You embraced you embraced dance music and technology yeah. as well, which is you know which was absolutely, amazing at the absolutely, time. Absolutely, yeah. I think what I think what we realised was like in the in the mid eighties, and and I think the miners' strike had a huge influence. Mm. It changed a lot of our ideas and perspective on on the world in a way. That um, because partly because we got involved in you know we got involved in helping you know with the strike, and that meant that we started working with the SWP and the RCP and the le- you know groups all the groups on the left who were all you know we were all trying to help the miners, and so and so we kind of realised there's a much bigger world out out there you know outside of the anarcho punk bubble in a way. And we yeah. just thought, wow, we should be let's let's try and be more outward looking. And and I think with that came the idea that the way that we tried to present our ideas to the rest of the world, because the, mu- the, the musicality of those ideas as well. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah and they- you know, we were all listening to you know, we weren't you know, it wasn't that I was spent all day listening to anarcho punk. I didn't. You know, right. I would, okay. I did, you know, I'd be listening to the Beatles or I'd be listening to. Uh, you know, talking heads, or I'd be listening to the Smiths. You know, I'd be listening. It's, it's amazing that because uh, when we had Steve Egnon on from Crass, Eve was listening to the Walker Brothers and people like that. You know, <laughs> yeah, and it was yeah. like, wow. You know, and people don't know that they're thinking you're probably sitting there listening to Flux and Crass and you know yeah. all, of, all of those type of bands, but you're not. And you can tell yeah. that in the musicality and the songwriting on those those albums and which obviously crossed over into the massive yeah. hit. So when you say about, you know, we got into, you know, we got into dance music and technology. I mean, if you listen to an album like Slap, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's obvious we've been listening to Stone Roses, Happy Mondays, Andy yeah. Weatherall, you know, all that sort of thing. That's what we were, that's what we were really into. And that just like fed into what we were doing. And like English Rebel songs, which, which you mentioned, you know, that was just yeah, yeah. A, like, me and Boff had been to uh, Belfast on a Troops Out movement delegation. And so we got to learn about Irish rebel music. And, and you know, right. and, we, and we came back from that thinking, where's all the English rebel, you know, where's the English rebel music? Where's all that? And so well, then it's we. Billy, all... It's Billy Bragg uh, backing up John Prescott, <laughs> isn't it? You know, <laughs> getting him a ticket to the Brits. <laughs> I mean, you, it's interesting you talk about the folk and the, the rebel songs things in England, because obviously you also made a film about the Levellers. Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, that was it. Uh, I'm trying to... A Curious Life? A Curious Life, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean... That was like a... Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say that they they were really sort of influenced by folk and, you know, they they weren't a punk... You know, they weren't a punk band in terms of one, two, three, four. You know, it was... They were very different... Same sensibility, same sort of approach to life, and same worldview, but a different way of presenting it. So, sorry, I interrupted you. Then I was just no, no, no. That's you, fine. No, no. Yeah, the, you, the did, you did shoot. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely did interrupt. Dunstan was on a roll there. Let him go. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to, to mention again that, now because that because you did two films because you did the one. <clears throat> well, you've done more than two, but two key ones that stand out are the Levellers movie and then the the film about Sham sixty nine in China. Yeah, that was uh, that was quite an experience. Um, that was uh, I went to China in two thousand and nine mm-hmm. uh, to basically uh, go on tour with uh, Sham sixty nine, 
which was uh, not the Jimmy Percy version, although right. Dave was Dave was in them, uh, uh, and Ian played drums in them. Who played drums with them for absolutely years, um, but uh, it wasn't Jimmy's uh, Sham Sixty Nine, which came back to bite me on the bum at a later point because he refused permission to use any of the music that he'd written. Oh, so that God. never really saw the light of day. But it was fasc- it was absolutely fascinating going to uh, going to China. Um more because of getting an insight into what was going on in China and with their sort of burgeoning sort of punk movement and what punk meant to those kids there, which is a lot different to what punk meant to to me as I was growing up. It was really interesting. It was it was a, it was fascinating. Shams- you, you did that, you did that with some of the Chumba Wamba money as well. Did you not put out records by punk bands from other countries that would not normally have got the exposure? Did I not read that somewhere? No, I don't know. We did, we did put out records by other bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did, you did. And I thought, I thought you put some money into other bands just to expose their scenes and. In, in countries that are far flung, but maybe not, maybe not. But you know, I don't, remember, uh, I don't remember. I mean, we did help a lot of money when when we made when we made money. We did help a lot of people with. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, but I don't remember that with when we had our record label, Agit Prop, where we discovered that we were really bad business people. But yeah. you know, uh, uh, we uh, we couldn't who, carry who, on. That. So, who for our listeners was on Agit Prop? Uh, Thatcher on Acid did an album on Agit Prop. Okay, yep. Um, there was a there was a local band from Leeds called Bassa Bassa who put out, we put out an album by um, State of Mind. I think we did something with this American anarcho punk band called State of Mind. Yeah, uh, that might have just been a single. I think. Um, so I, 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 I'm um, I'm, I'm going to come back to the film again now because obviously that's the current thing, and we're you and and I are up at Rebellion in it whenever it is in a few few week couple of weeks time. And I, and I believe you, the film's being shown at the festival on the Thursday yeah. as part of the literary yeah. Uh, event. Yeah, it's the film and then a Q and A. And it, I, I wrote down some notes here because it starts at four forty and finishes at six forty on the third of August. So if anyone's listening and they're going to Rebellion, try and try and get down for that. Uh, I, I think I'm I'm gonna make an effort to get there we've got quite a lot to do but i'd really like to see it have you, have you seen the have either of you seen the film no no not yet oh, no it's okay no um Sorry. we'll have we'll have do either of you have a dvd player um no. i think i can i think I've, I've got a way of doing it with a player a thing i plug into my computer but um but <laughs> oh, it's only no, I'd quite like to see it at Rebellion. I'd quite like to see it. Yeah, that's kind of what we waited for, you know. I would have gone to Rockaway, but it just didn't work out time wise. I would have had to. I used to live near there, but not anymore. So it was. Is it yeah. is it distributed in the US, Dunson? We've just signed some sort of deal for distribution in the US, but right, uh, okay. We, um, but they haven't yet put in a plan. Uh, it's weird. We've been paid. We've been paid for delivering the film to them, right? But they haven't yet said what they're what they're gonna what they're actually gonna do with it. So we're we're sort of waiting to hear about that. So hopefully it'll be on various platforms in the US soon. Yeah, okay. we haven't we no, haven't we, got we haven't sorted out anything else. Nobody. It's really we found it really really hard to sell the film. Really right. difficult. 
um partly because of the you know the 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 way that uh uh television works nowadays how those platforms work and uh coming out of co- coming out of covid and lockdown you know all those all those platforms had a backlog of stuff films yeah. you know, and so we got put to the back of the back of the queue really so we've struggled to sell the film even though we've had fantastic response where we've shown it so um which has been brilliant i mean part of the enjoyment of doing the film is going around and and doing the q and a's afterwards because it's always fascinating and it's always good fun it's always really rewarding for us to do that so what happens then are you because so you're saying you've struggled does that mean that you're going to be doing these sort of screenings and q and a's etc sort of around around the country but then will there be a sort of broadcast release of it have you have you managed hopefully to... yeah but we haven't put we haven't got anything in place at the moment we're still working right. we're still working on it trying to find well, we'll put it get on off the... your arse channel four or get off your arse the bbc and have a look at this you know because this is important cultural well, history i mean i've seen some great things on you know amazon i mean you know amazon and some of the platforms i mean i watched that yeah. documentary about rock against racism which was oh yeah 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 which was excellent. Yeah, it's got a similar feel to that. It's weird. Yeah, yeah it's totally the one. Uh, the one Stuart Lee made with the Nightingales. Have you seen that one? Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really well. That's really more well like done. that's yeah. more like what I get knocked down is like. It's right. More, okay. It's got more that more that feel than a traditional music documentary. You know, it's got that. Yeah, feel. That, that that Stuart Lee documentary about the Nightingales was really. You know, even if you weren't a fan of the band, which comes back yeah. to what you were saying earlier, Dunstan, about Sophie's take on how the film would should be. Even yeah. if you weren't a fan of the Nightingales, you would still enjoy that as a good piece of uh, exactly you know, that, exactly film, that. So. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm I'm going to have to be the the boring one here and just just make the mm. point that we are running out of time on our interview here because obviously we're restricted by this channel that we're using it, it does time out after a while so i'm gonna have to sort of start to wind things up so so what happens after rebellion we've got this screening on the 3rd of august are there any more we can give a shout out to it's sort of come to the end of going out uh, of us looking for screenings you know us like actively trying to approach uh cinemas because i think we've done as much as we can uh as far as that's concerned, um, actually, the guy, the guy who organised all these screenings, he's now working on uh, a film about uh, Newtown Neurotics. Oh wow! That he's trying to get um, into into cinemas. Um, so we are just uh, people still approach us occasionally for screenings. So there's one at Seaford, which is down, which is along the coast from me in September. Um, but apart from so, Rebellion is sort of like the you know like it's like sort of more or less the uh, the finale, really. Yeah. Well, so I'm really looking forward to it. I always wanted to show it at Rebellion. And there is a scene in the film that is, was filmed in Rebellion, at right, Rebellion, right, okay. when Interrobang played there. So yeah. I always wanted to get it back to Rebellion, you know, in some way. So for me, I'm... Are, really you, are, are you still performing in Interrobang? I'm trying to I'm trying to start working on a second album. Yeah. Right, okay. A, a second Interrobang album. Is it- yeah, is it the difficult second album syndrome, or is it just? Yeah, it is. Album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it really is. I mean, I've written all I've written all the lyrics for it, but it's finding musicians to work with on it because the ones I was who, who it's hard to get Griff to um, get to work on a second album at the moment. Well, when you got so. when you've got that done, you'll have to come back on and we can talk about that. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. So, right, I'm going to play us out. And, um, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on, I've got a question. I've got a question. I'm going to tie this back into something we talked about earlier. John Prescott again, I'm afraid, but it's a, you know, it's a good one. Which politician, current politician, would you do the same to? Uh, I th- we've only got two and a half minutes yeah. left. <laughs> so there isn't actually time to yeah, list right. them all. To name them all. You've got to see echoes of it, though, with Keir Starmer bleating on after the, those three elections. Yeah. I, get asked being, a lot, I get asked a lot of the Q&As about Keir Starmer. Yeah, uh, right. And in fact, sure. in the film, in the film, like there's a scene with Harry where he's like, I interview Harry for the film, the drummer of Chumbawamba, and he right. says, he's like, I don't know what's happened to me. I've joined the Labour Party for Christ's sake. Yeah. And then at the end, and he joined when Corbyn was leader of the Labour Party. Mm. Yeah. Um, when I showed the band the film, he was absolutely appalled that that was still in. So in the in the in the uh, titles at the end of the film. It says right at the very end. It says Harry Hamer would like it to be known he is no longer a member of the Labour Party. <laughs> when I told him I'd done that, he was absolutely delighted. Yeah, nice, brilliant. brilliant. Right, we've only got one and a half minutes left now, so <laughs> it was difficult to try and think of a tune to play us out with. But we were reading some of the comments and stuff that you'd made about early influences for the, for the band and in Terrorbang as well. And you mentioned Gang of Four, Doctor Feelgood, and yes. Wise. Yes. Um, we're both massive Wire fans. Um, um, one yep. of my favourite albums is Pink Flag. So I'm going to play a little bit yeah. of Mannequin, but do hang Fantastic. around so we can say goodbye at the end. I'm only going to play a little bit because we're running out of time. Okay, weirdly, Chumbawamba did a, ver- did a cover version of Mannequin. Oh, uh, we don't, just, we don't just throw this together. We don't just throw this together. <laughs> it's a B-side of some single somewhere. Right, right. okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm going in. It's going to have to be like 10 seconds. Okay, fantastic. Thanks. <laughs> Well, I don't think we're going to be able to play a little, lot longer than that because we are literally going to run out of time. So, look, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. I mean, we could have talked yeah. for an hour easily, I reckon. And we that will see a, you in a couple of weeks up in Blackpool. That was amazing. Amazing. Real fun, Dunstan. Real fun. Real fun. So I, know, I really I enjoyed it. Really yeah, enjoyed. I could have talked for a lot, lot longer as well. But it was well, really you good. Could, I, we'll definitely get you on again, mate. I mean, honestly, yeah, there's, yeah. there's so much to talk about. We, we will come and find you in Blackpool. All right. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, do, do, do. Yeah. Look forward right. to it. Thanks Cheers. a lot.